So diving into John chapter 1 this morning and starting our actual read uh, reading of the Gospel of John. So today, looking at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, this is kind of referred to as a prologue or, or a summary to John's letter as a whole. <clears throat> it really sets the tone for uh, for what John's going to talk about, what he's going to show us. Um, you know, the first impression is that, you know, just looking at it and just reading these these verses, it, it's very, I guess, ethereal. Um, it's it's very spiritual. It's not real concrete. It, it isn't anything like the introduction from Matthew and Luke, where Luke states that, that you know, he's closely investigated some events and he's going to report them to us, and where Matthew uh, recounts the genealogy of Jesus and, and shows us how Jesus is connected through David back to Adam and Eve. And John doesn't do that. He starts off by telling us that he's going to convince us that Jesus is God. Uh, and so, you know, it's a very different tone. Uh, but the verses that that I really keyed in on this morning for whatever reason that spoke to me are verses 14 through 18. And, um, you know, the two things... Uh, I, I guess I, since it's a, a short section, I guess I can kind of read those. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, and then in parentheses it said, John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because He was before me. In parenthesis, and verse sixteen, for from the, his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So, you know, reading this, the two things that kind of stand out to me first is that I love that that John tells us that Jesus is this balance, this 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 combination of both grace and truth. Jesus isn't a judge who beats us up for wrongdoing, who drags us through the mud for making mistakes or looks to punish us or relishes, relishes in the fact that we, you know, fall short so often and that he gets to punish us. No, Jesus isn't like that. Jesus is full of grace. And at the same time, at the same time that he extends that grace and at the same time, that grace is is such a big part of his message. We also see that he doesn't shy away from truth. He raises the bar in, in on on most of the standards set by the law, and and he raises the bar to a point that he knows no one can pull it off. Uh, he doesn't shy away from that. But it's the combination of grace and truth that is so powerful. Um, and it's illustrated. John gives us an example in chapter eight with the woman who comes into the temple and um, is is caught in adultery and. Um, and he says to her, neither, you know, after these told, you know, confronted these guys who were like, what are you going to do about her? And he says, neither do I condemn you go. And from, uh, now on, uh, and sin no more. And, and, you know, this, this is really the grace that Jesus promises. And it, what it's what makes the truth so palatable because he's so full of grace that, that truth, we're not scared of it. We're not scared of the truth because we know he's not going to judge us. We know he's got our best interest in mind. And that's a pretty that's a pretty powerful idea. And then the second thing that really jumps out to me is just this bigger idea that God came down to us. 
You know, he sent his son to the earth to be with us, to suffer with us, to experience life with us, to know us intimately, um, and and to really to demonstrate who he is. And I, I think sometimes, you know, we live in this we live in this show me culture uh, today that, you know, most of us think that if we got to see God, it'd be easier to believe. Um, we think that if we got to experience God firsthand, like these disciples, you know, we'd go all in. Um, and, and I think we get that wrong. I think, I think, you know, we almost, when we think that, I think God is sitting in heaven thinking something like this. Well, I've already done that. I've already come down and spent years on the earth with you and you didn't believe it until I was gone. (laughs) And to that, we might say, well, you know, that wasn't me. Or we might say something like, well, I mean, show up as God and I will believe not, not as Jesus, not, not as a man, but as God. And, you know, I'm sure God's thinking to that. Have you read about when Moses saw me, (laughs) when his face was turned to ash and uh, he couldn't hardly be in my presence without being overwhelmed. I mean, see, I think we fail to recognize the magnitude of God and we picture God as like a superman. Um, and, and really he's totally, I think he's probably totally something different. Um, and, and so we can only see God in the context that we have, which is the life around us. Um, and so, I, you know, I think God kind of laughs at some of that. Um, but you know, this morning, the overwhelming feeling I get is just thankfulness, thankfulness, um, thankfulness that God came down to prove himself to us. Thankfulness that he delivers both grace and truth. Thankful that I, live on this side of the resurrection. I've talked about that before, but man, I'm so much, I'm so glad that I'm on this side of Jesus's resurrection. And, um, and so that's the big, you know, the big takeaway for me from this prologue. And as we dive into the actual plot line of the letter, um, you know, I'm going to have that kind of bouncing around the back of my mind.